a choice right now, right now, between fear and love. It's just a run. Out of the dark night of ignorance and into the shining light of truth. Expounding reality. A population of citizens capable of critical thinking. We don't see things as they are, we see them as we are. There's a, a level of reality where everything dissolves into an ocean of energy. We empower our experience by insisting on our authenticity. That's very profound. Very Expanding reality. Welcome to Expanding Reality. I am your host, Brandon Thomas. On this episode, comedian Brian Moreno comes by to talk about his new movie, Dreamland, Storming Area 51. It's awesome. It's a lot of fun. Now, all the ways to find Brian and connect with him are going to be linked down in the show notes, so y'all check that out. Also linked down there, our affiliate link. So Food Forest Abundance is down there, as well as Libsyn if you want to start your own podcast. Also, if you were going to buy any goddamn thing at all on Amazon, go ahead and run it through our link. If you don't mind, please and thank you. It helps the show for something you were going to do anyway. Also down there is going to be expandingrealitypodcast.com. That is where you can expand your experience with us here. We replay all the lives, all the two hot for youtube stuff is over there uh it's got links to the merchandise socials all that cool stuff so guys go over there and sign up we don't email blast you it's just a bunch of really cool stuff with an awesome community and make sure you check that out uh youtube's kind of being a douchebag lately so we're putting videos over there again for free so just go use it like youtube it's it's way better anyway we don't censor ourselves so um Let's, let's get to this incredible conversation, guys. Uh, Brian is a blast to talk to you. Y'all are really going to love this. So without any further ado, Brian Moreno. I knew that the storming Area 51 event, there was a high probability it could have been a bust. You know, there was a high probability that we were going to get there and maybe be the only people there. That would have been worst case scenario. So the storming Area 51 event was more of a vehicle for me to be able to tell a story, express my interest in UFOlogy, while also trying to question some other people's um, point of view, angle, whatever it may be. So the best way I've heard it described is a mockumovie, or a docu-movie, excuse me, not, not a mockumentary, a, a docu-movie, because it's not a mockumentary, it's by the letter of the law, it is a true documentary. But I did um, tell other stories within the documenting of the event. And that's what gives it that movie kind of uh, feel. The thing is, you know, coming from my comedic background, which is different than a lot of other people's, I I feel like I can say a lot of things in a very poignant way, but doing it funny or entertainingly. And that is, you know, it can be a very lonely road in this world because trust me, I have bombed so hard in front of people and they're like, what are you talking about? (laughs) And it takes years to even figure out what what you're talking about. Yeah, right. You're like, I'll let you know. know. I'll let you know what I figure out. (laughs) So this movie was a culmination of years of kind of formulating how to break into the feature film world because I always in my mind in my mind's eye I knew I had to direct movies I just to get that jump from doing sketches and comedy and you know funding it myself I had to figure out 
not just the characters, but this, the event that would drive the story, you know, and that storming area 51 without getting too long winded about it. That was the perfect vehicle to, to really, um, show all the different colors of this alien rainbow that I'm very fascinated. Oh, you know? yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, we are hanging out with Brian Moreno. Uh, he did an awesome movie called Dreamland Storming of Area 51, oh. and I am super pumped. This is great. Uh, we kind of slipped in the intro, though. That was awesome. Oh, yeah. Went... We didn't even intro. Yeah, like, we didn't... I come in hot. Dude, you came okay, in hot. I'm... And so we're rolling with it because it was absolutely <laughs> brilliant. So I, I'm a good producer in the way that I know when when to take the cue. So uh, great uh, movie, by the way, which I cannot wait to get into uh, with you. But let's talk a little bit about you, man. I want to know your uh, base for comedy, like what you got into that um as you know brief just real quick like man i think i'm funny or i farted one time and my aunt loved it and that's what got me into comedy i and then i'm definitely interested in the joke that you are most proud of if you don't mind sir sure um well i guess uh, to answer um my route to comedy was not that clear i wish a fart had started at all it was um <laughs> it would have been a lot simpler I uh, went to Indiana University, uh, stayed like five and a half years, you know, because what, why rush? (laughs) Um, After college, I bounced around a few different marketing public relations jobs until I landed at the Wall Street Journal. And I was the West Coast public relations manager of the Wall Street Journal. One day I came in, there was a note on my lap where my laptop used to be. And it says, come see me. And so I had an option. I had the weekend to take a job in New York or they were letting me go. They were downsizing my division. So I took the severance. You know, they said my my dynamic was no longer needed in the West Coast. Damn. But yeah, yeah, which is a wonderful way of <laughs> showing you the way out. It's an innovative way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah, I thought so, too. Yeah. I've never forgotten those words. Um, <laughs> So I took the severance, the little bit that I got. I started DJing at strip clubs. Uh, I started doing like people thought I'd lost my mind. I was just going through a phase. And then I found comedy. Um, The first time I got on stage, I was terrible. Like it was three minutes of just brutality. I think the first time I got on stage was was at this little open mic in LA and it was like, you have to pay just to do five minutes. The place called Marty's. It was literally just open mic people. I thought I was going to be Mitch Hedberg, (laughs) you know, like I had all these one liners written and I get up there and people are looking at me like, what is going on? (laughs) And it was literally, I was 90 seconds of just brutality. And then maybe two seconds where I got one chuckle. And then another 90 seconds of brutality. And that two seconds is what I held, maybe what I'm still holding on to. Right. So that's how, that was the genesis of my comedy career. And then I left LA. I would do open mics between New York and Philadelphia. I would take something called the Chinese bus. It was literally a five or $6 bus that would run all night between New York and Philadelphia. And it would break down half the time. Like you'd get transients that just rode the bus because they had nowhere else to go. It was crazy. Just crazy. And that's how, yeah. Yeah. It was, well, it was just a crazy commute because sometimes you'd break down on the, what is the 95 there and you'd just be sitting outside waiting for another bus to come pick you up. <laughs> They'll get you most of the way. Yeah. It'd be 2, 3 a.m. and you're just like, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? And, 
you know, somehow you find a way to get up the next day and you keep going. And that um, that's how it started. And then when I moved back to L.A., I became fortunately I became the wet or I became the MC of the House of Blues on Sunset. Very cool. And that they gave me my first room where like nobody could give me the hook because in comedy, a lot of the times when you're young, you're just bad and you're you're on and you have to go through that. Like you have to go through the bad to get good in anything like um, you got to really struggle in this particular art to get to where you can consistently be good. And the House of Blues gave me that opportunity and for three, four years until um, it closed now. And I was the MC, and I had a great show. And th- then the improv brings me in and, you know, that's kind of how it all went. And then I got a little better and a little better. And then now since pandemic, I got lazy and forgotten about a little bit because I was working on the movie. So I'm back to doing whatever spots I can get, you know. Very cool. That's awesome. I uh, question about your DJ days. First of all, uh, what was yeah. your name in uh, the strip club DJ game? What was your DJ name? Oh, I was just DJ Brian. Like I there's OK. And I don't like these are old jokes. So I'm not going to give them like I'm not going to do my comedy for you right now. But <laughs> in strip club DJ and there's basically two different kinds. Okay. There, there's like the <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <"Get out." laughs> like that, like that's the noise that you that I hear. <laughs> right. Uh, everyone. Knows. There was like it's my crazy. kind where it's like, gentlemen, get those dollars out. The better the tipping, the better the stripping. <laughs> Stuff like that. You know, very smooth, very slick. Like there's nothing aggressive. Like <laughs> that wasn't my style. <laughs> It'd be cool if but you peppered in, do the smooth one, and then it, and do that little cackle at the end of it. You know, some super, just throw them all off. People don't know where you're coming from. Okay, no, so uh, next question. Uh, the next one, after, next two, by the way, is still about the stripper stuff. Yes. Okay, uh, yes. favorite favorite stripper name? Uh, you know, I don't, the best, I don't know if I could, I, because you hear so many, like, there's always a diamond. Yeah. There's and always Mercedes. a Sierra. There's the always a Sierra. I never understood why. And then, like, a girl come in and be like, she can't be Sierra. I'm <laughs> like, well, I don't even know any of you. I don't even know who you are. <laughs> that's neither one so, of like, your I real names. I just name. remember yeah. that the girls would fight me like, that's been my name. And I'm like, well, I just, just, just go. Like, I'm not, I'm just a DJ. Yeah. I spell diamond with a Y, you know? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, this is Diamond. (laughs) Diamond. All right. Okay, last one I promise about the stripper stuff. Uh, Most played played song. Oh, man. Most played. Well, uh, you were in a specific era. Well, yeah, I was. This was probably 10 years ago. So the most played songs are way different than they are now. But like T.Y. and all those kind of guys, they all do songs for strippers because some of those rappers go to strip clubs so much. They make those songs for strippers like they when you rap and hear them rapping, they really are talking to the strippers like they're literally one of those songs they played at the strip club. So anything that you think like a girl could shake to or a girl or a guy. I strip right, club. I DJ for guys one time. Absolutely. It was traumatic. Not no, that there's was, anything wrong with that. You just, no, you not know? there's anything wrong with right, it, but right. like, but I think gay men that go to strip clubs are way more aggressive than straight men who go to, to strip clubs to see. And this, this is just from my very limited experience. And that's what it's more traumatic. It's like, 
when you when you're in these places, there should be a level of safety and security for everyone that's working there. That's not the case. No, no, no. That's absolutely not the case. And at a the time when I did the gay club, it was there was I didn't feel safer for me or the dancers. Damn. And that's traumatic. Okay. Yeah. You can yeah. only imagine. Like you can only imagine. And they're dancing to the same songs too. Okay. I mean, to be clear, good. the guys and the girls, same songs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's what to shake your ass to, uh, shake yeah, your yeah, whatever yeah. to, right? Or shake whatever to. Yeah, shake a lot of people have other things to shake. Guys, yeah. Go for it. You got a tensile tail? Shake that shit. We all want to see it. Okay, <laughs> uh, let's uh, let's talk about Dreamland, man. Uh, what inspired you to make this thing? It's amazing, by the way. Thank you for uh, letting me check it out. Very cool. Congrats on all the uh, pre-success. You've already gotten success. You haven't even launched the damn thing yet. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for one for watching the film. Thank cool. you. Like, let me ask you what like. Okay, when you go, what did you expect before you watched the movie? Uh, I expected more. I actually go into things honestly with no expectations. Based on the trailer, I thought you were going to go down some more speculative routes than you did. But I loved the interviews that you did, man. Uh, The interviews were fantastic. The storyline throughout, the way that you edited and directed, uh, cinematography-wise, the quality, audio, everything is awesome. Uh, Very, very well done. So, but what we got was very cool. So I have, I don't go into things with expectations, but I knew it was going to be awesome, and you didn't disappoint. If that's fair. Well, you. How long did it take you to get to that point? I know this is this is you interviewing me, but you're, no, you're a very fine. interesting person. I'll take so it. So how long you. did it take you to get to the point where you feel like you could remove expectations? Because that's not necessarily human nature. It's not. You know, I removed it whenever I realized that that was the source of disappointment. Uh, that's the root of it. So there's Do you book, find yourself getting disappointed a lot? I, I found myself the awareness of uh, what assumptions can do. So uh, there's a book called The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. Have you ever picked that bitch up? I've, I've heard. I've heard of this. Yes. Then this is on your list uh, for sure. So one of the agreements is don't make assumptions. And that's because if you make assumptions and have expectations, that's where disappointment comes in. So mm. it's four key things that help you not. Uh, it's dude, four things. And once you get those four things. It uh, it's a lens in which you look through the world at, and it's it's honestly then it affects things like how I present myself to movies with a director I'm about to talk to, and uh, hang out with and be completely honest with about. I go into it with no expectations. I mean, I'm excited because you sent me a movie to pre-screen, yeah. so that's like that fact is cool. I think you're great. I love your comedy. So I mean, it was you, it's cool in that way. So there was some of that, but as far as like the film itself and the context, I knew based on your trailer. The, the subject matter your mind is at, whether it was covered in the film or not, where you are coming from, from a mental picture just based on your trailer, I knew we were going to get along. You, um, you're very, uh, they, now the, the last question for you, yes, did sir, someone, please. did, did someone come into your life that set you on this path or were you always kind of going down this path? Because I know for me personally, I've had to work very hard to, just kind of crack the shell of some of the um, things that you're talking about. Like I work on a daily basis to remove expectations, to go into things with an open mind, to forgive, to, you know, whatever it may be. What's your- but that type of enlighten, that type of enlightenment doesn't come without hard work. And sometimes that work, you know, it's made easy if you have good teachers or it's made easy if you're just in the lowest place of your life, you know, or what, whatever it may be, or at a circumstance or, you know, so what set you on this path? 
I would say it's a combination of those things that you just said, plus uh, chronic optimism, uh, plus uh, open-minded AF. So I just, I don't have cognitive dissonance. It's not my paradigm. I have mentioned this several times on the show, so I apologize again for the listeners that have heard this a bajillion times. Here's a bajillion and one for you, because you haven't, Brian. So it's uh, that thing from the movie Dogma, uh, Kevin uh, Smith movie. You remember? Yeah. Okay, and Alanis Morissette. Sure. Okay, so Chris Rock in that movie talks about beliefs, and he said, "I don't have beliefs; I have ideas because ideas are easier to change." And man, that resonated with me. I think about it all the time. It's wow, one of those yeah. things because I'm not even sure what the structure of this place is. Like, I am to a point in my research and my pondering. Uh, I am a massive fan of the unity consciousness aspect. So when you look at things through that, it changes everything, man. Uh, you know, that's it's just what like what Bill Hicks was talking about. You know, what's what, what's going to happen to the arms industry when they realize we're all one? You know what I mean? And this actually uh, came from a lot of uh, different things. I got into my spiritual awakening happened in 2001. Conspiracies came to my forefront, wow. and I had my first psychedelic experience. So I've been interweaving those elements uh, for over 20 years now. Wow, fascinating. It's fun. Fascinating. Like you, yeah, that's awesome. And I commend you because I... Uh, to get to like to progress anywhere mentally it takes work and effort sometimes on a daily sometimes on a minute to minute basis and i think uh where you're at just the way you speak and your open-minded nature is beautiful truly grateful my friend uh welcome you know off air if you just want to hang out and chat uh, i can just kind of give you some some perceptions because honestly that's what it is it's a perception sure. shift it's just the way that you look at shit i uh, bet you really did like some of the interviews in the movie because all the people that i oh, interviewed yeah. really tried to hammer that point even the mufon person it was you know about opening your mind to all the possibilities yeah her uh lotus for sure and then the gentleman i forget his name but he was mike, uh, Kr- mike krasinski or Kariski. yes sir that guy yes. everything he said my wife and i watched it um so that sure. guy when she when he he was talking my wife was like this is like you say this shit i'm like yeah all the time uh sure. and, and, the well, and don't get me wrong his interview and if he ever sees this he said a lot of crazy oh, stuff man. i had to cut out like I'm, trust, trust I'm me, sure. i made him seem as smart as possible because i well there was one thing that i wanted to be clear about this movie and that's why i'm so appreciative you like the opening because uh-huh. i didn't when i first started cutting this movie people thought i was making borat and I okay. wanted to make sure <laughs> I could see that, that, that people I'm not I'm not wasn't making fun of anyone in this, no, you know? No. And the no. whole thing about yeah, the whole thing about Borat is he's in essence making fun of all the people. Right. right. And yeah, um all the characters within the movie kind of represent a color of the rainbow. But um like the UFOlogy rainbow, but none of it was meant to be taken well, yeah, there's there's jokes in it, but none of it was meant to be taken like as I was putting anyone down or making yes. anyone feel like some of their beliefs were impossible or outrageous or anything. You know, no, you, you approach it respectfully, man. You did a great job. Uh, Thank and you. I didn't, you know, I'm in the game, so I didn't feel offended. I also don't get triggered, though. So that's just a thing. Sure. Uh, well, I, yeah, there's a few people. Do you know the guy who does Secure Team 10? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Jaron, right? No. Jaron, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I sent it to him to watch, and he never replied. He was like, great, I can't wait. And he didn't ever give back to me. And I'm like, maybe... Maybe he hated it. Boundless chronic optimist. He's a busy guy. He's getting to okay. it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hang in there. Uh, plus, this is part of your uh, manifestation practices. By you thinking it, he actually won't contact you. Just forget it. Just put it out of your mind. And then watch. He'll write you tomorrow. 
That's how this shit works, dude. It's crazy. Yeah, I'm very good about, you know, like energy and life and people come back when they're supposed to. Absolutely. You know, and I don't like to bother, you know, people. But that's why I was like, uh, you know, George Knapp is supposed to be watching it soon, too. And I'm very curious what a guy like him is going to, you know. Very cool. going to say because he was such a great inspiration to me and my UFOlogy. You know? Yeah, you, you've got him quite a bit in the movie, uh, as well as Bob Lazar, uh, Jeremy Corbell. I mean, you you really you really do it well. You know, you go in and uh, with the ex- explanation like from uh, Rogan that Bob Lazar gave, it was it was great. So including it in the film as as a reference point is badass, man. That's very cool. Plus, you're there. Thank you. you. Know, that's where he worked. S four technically, right? But yeah. still, uh, you were in you were in Dreamland. You're in the in the in the house. That's awesome. Man, that see this gives me chills. Thank you very much because. Um, when we did the screening at the Hollywood Improv last week, people loved it and they laughed and they really seemed to understand what I was doing. And that was the first public screening that I've done. Like I've screened it for individuals and I would really watch them watch it, which I'm sure was creepy. Like when you want to watch a movie, you don't want someone just staring at you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just like the pants yeah, yeah, all like, lit did up. You, did, did you react right there? Yeah, did you? you got a goddamn See, headlamp. I, had watched, I let individuals watch it, but never a collective group. So that's why um, I was very pleased to hear the group uh, yeah. react the way they do. And then someone who actually knows all like someone like you doesn't necessarily have to watch the movie twice. But there's so much in there. It's made to be watched twice. Like, so you can pick up little Easter eggs. But there's so many people who are going to watch this movie that they're not into Area 51. They're not into Aliens. They're either watching it. Okay, a film like this, I feel, is very close to pornography. Like, whether whether you say you watch it or not, everyone does. Right, okay. That's you know, so people are going to turn it on just because of their curiosity, just because they heard something. But they might never talk about it. They may never revisit it. So that's why telling the story with the humor and the characters and actually kind of a point, like, I think it it transcends those lines that, you know, because the UFO subculture is so diverse. But I've realized that the minute you step outside of that subculture, people's eyes just glaze over immediately. Absolutely. Like when you talk about anything from UFOs, UAPs to the reptilians, whatever, <laughs> like anything it. that like, I just glaze over and like, what are you talking? Like, this is nuts. Like you're nuts. This is nuts. So to present that information to those people, like I had to do it in a fun way. And I guess that's another answer to where I got the idea for this, because all of my comedy, all the stuff I do, whether I'm making a point about equality, whether I'm making a point about, about, you know, believing in your mind's eye, believing in yourself or not putting other, not being a hater, not putting people down for like unnecessary reasons. I, I feel like I can do all that in humorous ways. And that's what this movie is. And, and you, thank you. I like, I'm very appreciative of you. You're badass. Yes. It was great. It's genuine. Sincere. You. you know, uh, another thing too was um, you have a range of characters in here that aren't all on board with the idea, which is great. You, you've given a scope to where it's going to be more relatable to the people who aren't in it like I am or like we are. Uh, it, so you've, you've done it, but you've done it with fun characters and you've done it in a really cool, cool way. So uh, it was, it was a blast to watch, man. Honestly, it was a lot of fun. So great job. Thank I can't you, wait man. for the next Thank one. You. Are you yeah, going to do well, more? I have some ideas for the okay. next. Um, 
And, you know, at the, at the screening, I, you know, it was one of the questions I was asked about the next thing. And depending on how this is received, I feel like I could do a follow-up with some of the characters, but I also feel like this has given me a proof of concept where I can do other subject matters with the same type of genre. I don't know, like if I did something else with aliens, I don't know how I would follow this up particularly because this is such an exceptional standalone piece. I feel, especially for the UFO, alien community, whatever it is, like I wanted people to be proud of this movie. Well, uh, you nailed it. So what about uh, the what about exploring other subjects and other hierophanies? Uh, so a hierophany, uh, just for the audience, is uh, something that uh, Dinah Pasolka talks about in her America Cosmic book about it, it's a place referenced in religion, but also you can kind of see the parallels in ufology as well. Uh, that it's a place from the heavens to where the gods come down and touch her. So like Jerusalem and Mecca are two examples of that re- uh, religiously. But Roswell would be one of those hierophanies for us UFO people. So you could go to a trip to Roswell or really Corona, right? Uh, and check that out. You could also go walk around the Denver airport and break that down. You could also go out to um, Georgia. That's a great Georgia, the Denver Georgia airport, that's stuff. very interesting. What yeah. are your thoughts about the Denver airport? Man, I've heard a lot of stuff. Of course, it's all speculation. And of course, sure. my mind wants it to be super fantastical and secret <laughs> and dope, right? So that's that's yeah. where I, I tend to entertain the thought. So on one level, of course, it's an airplane, an airport rather. Uh, on another, when you look at it from above, it's a swastika. There are miles of underground tunnel. Um, it took way too much money and way too long to build what they have to show for it. The murals alone are insane. Uh, all the little, I mean, Masonic shit everywhere. The yeah. horse out front, big blue horse with the red eyes, killed its creator when it fell over on top of it. I mean, it's it's insane. The whole thing is just <laughs> batshit crazy. Yeah. And so, I didn't know that. I didn't know that about yeah, the it horse. Kills us. <laughs> it's a 30-foot tall, or some, some crazy foot tall, not yeah. 30, but it's massive. And uh, the horse was named Death. It's one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And he built, they commissioned this to be tossed out uh, in the middle of this airport that's shaped like a swastika from above. That's super sus, as the kids say. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, I the idea you presented right there. I I didn't think of it. I I thought maybe going to Gobekli Tepe would be very interesting, like something like that. But I I think staying in America might be easier. I just know some Turkish people, so I considered that. See, that would be cool as shit. But also, I know people that go like to um, Egypt all the time. I know quite a few, a, couple, a few actually, um, that can take you over there on private tours with, um, God, who's the tour guide? He's super famous. I forget his name. They're yelling it at me right now. That's fine. Anyway, uh, there's a tour guide that's super famous. He's the guy that takes like Graham Hancock around and shit when he goes over there. Anyway, so I've got your- William Henry or something? No, it's called like Sabat or something. It's, oh, it, yeah. uh, it's some dude. And I know like I'll, I'll text you at like three in the morning and be like, it's Shabong. Anyway, yeah. I, <clears throat> we can't remember it here. Anyway, it's a super, super famous guide over there, but we can get you hooked up there. I know uh, the director of the Ayahuasca Foundation down in Peru, if you want to go check that out. Uh, and so, yeah, I've got you hooked up, dude. Just let me know. Yeah, man. I yeah, You and I will definitely uh, we'll do some in real life hanging, man. I, 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 I like you. And now let me ask you about your wife. Yeah. Um, She's taken. Is she into UFOology? Did, uh, yeah. for, well, let's not get too far. Did she like the movie? <laughs> 
Uh, yes, yes, yeah. She was okay. kind of in and I, out. I like her already. Okay. I like her already. She, well, and what uh, she also pointed out was you. She was like, who are you uh, interviewing tonight? And I was like, Brian, the, the director right there. And she was like, oh, he's great. So a lot of lot of good vibes on that, man. She thank was in you. and out. I, thank you. But what she saw, she liked. So I'm going to be completely transparent. Didn't see the whole thing. But if you don't, if with your permission, I'll show her the rest of it. Yes, absolutely. Like you, I, tr- I trust you, sir. I, And that's... Um, that's one of the criteria that I have right now in showing people like, do I trust them? Yeah. You know, and you know, sometimes trust uh, must be given blindly, you know, as hard as it is to do, you know, and I didn't know you, but I would seen enough of your podcast and, you know, read enough about you that I believed you weren't going to do anything crazy. That's fair. I'm pretty out there. You know, what you see is what well, you Well, yeah, get. you are. But it's I, awesome. You, you, I don't have to play a role. But, too, I like, but you're still within, you yeah, know, I get, within I get it. the And spectrum. everybody knows this. You know, I'm not salacious. Like, I've had um, I've had things on the show where I could have probably ruined a couple of careers. It's not in my interest. <laughs> There's been things that I actually reached out to a couple of guests after the fact and said, hey, this is what happened here. Would you like me to pull that out? I think we should. And they were like, oh, my God, yes. I didn't even know we were recording. I'm like, okay, thank God. So, uh, you know, I'm not that kind of guy, man. I am, no, you're a nice I, guy. You're a very nice guy. Just, oh. uh, so, um, what the fuck was I going to ask you? It was right there. Oh, we should do a live um, a live play of it whenever you release it. Hop on, like, Rockfin or my website, and we'll do, like, a live stream of it. Me and you and a couple other friends can get together and yeah. we'll uh, talk about it live. That'd be fun. You totally, can even get the cast be... in on it or a couple of the guys from the movie. Yeah, hundred percent. We'll work that out off air. Yeah, that'd be um, cool. Yeah, if you wanted to interview or talk to anyone in the movie or anything, or have them with me sometime, I would absolutely love it. I think, um, I think Andy Kozell is more into aliens than what he admits. Yeah, you could tell. I don't think Griff really cares. I really don't think anymore. Like, I just think <laughs> just so um, funny because watching him in the film, I was like, that's my spirit animal. Like, that's how yeah, I feel about yeah, it. Yeah, like, he was oh, like, you could know. feel it. <laughs> <laughs> he, um, Griff does actually a really big uh, golf podcast. Oh, really? It's called Country Club Adjacent. Yes. <laughs> People seem to really like it. You know, I'm I'm the worst golfer you've ever met out of all the people you've ever met in your whole life. So I don't. When I went, we just drank and drove the cart. That was it. I don't yeah. golf either. Like that's, that's the, that was the appeal for me. Um, okay. I'm pretty, okay. I want to ask you some shit about, so uh, guys yes. uh, linked in the show notes, all the ways to find Brian. Of course, I'm going to connect them with your uh, YouTube who, um, dude, your, your show is badass too. I was uh, checking you out. Uh, and then you. Also your comedy, your ancient aliens comedy thing. You had own Benjamin in there, a bunch of great guys. That was badass. Uh, so that's going to be linked in the show notes as well. Uh, with your permission, dude, at the end of this episode, if you're watching this video, uh, if for the audio-only audience, check the show notes, and I'll link the website, expandingrealitypodcast.com. Uh, go ahead and at the end of this interview, again with Brian's permission, I'll just play the uh, trailer in full so that you guys can check that thing out, and it'll just be part of this forever. So um, awesome. definitely, guys, check that out. So, And also, I want to give credit before that, sorry to interrupt, but no, there's no. one person who's um, I haven't brought up Jeffrey McNeil. He was um, he was the the lead editor, and he was an individual that I knew if I shot a movie like this with his help, I could get it over the hump. You know what it took to be a real feature, and his ability to work with me and understand um, story and color and sound and transitions. As wonderful as I think I am, he is light years above and beyond. And without his tireless help and me pushing him and 
God, so many late nights and, you know, thinking that you're done, but realizing you have another month ahead of you. Without his help, I, I don't think any of these conversations happen. So I don't know if he would ever hear or listen to this podcast, but I I love to give credit where credit's due. And that's very important. That uh, I love it. And you know, I, I do mention his name. Uh, well, I'll go ahead and just pull that as a clip and put it out. It'll be easier to send to him. Uh, and then I'll, I'll, of course, send you all the links and stuff when this comes out. So uh, I want to know what you think UFOs are. Like, let's just go for it here. What do you, where in your research that you've gotten to, now you don't have to plant your flag, and I don't know it's perfectly fine. Sure, sure, sure. But what do you um, think? I think nine times out of ten, maybe eight times out of ten, it's man-made aircraft. Okay. Nine times out of ten, it's, it's either different divisions of the government testing things out, um, that they don't know about each other. It's, it's either the near air force trying to play with the Navy to see if they can get past the Navy or vice versa. Um, I think, um, there are certain incidents though, that are absolutely not man-made, um, you know, just like uh, UFO, UAP, whatever. I think, um, there have been incidences that are, I would say, alien activity just based on the research that I've done. Uh, what did the, I think the first one that comes to mind, the Battle of LA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 42. When they, yeah, for when they were actually firing weapons. Yes. Like, into, like they don't, they don't fire weapons unless, unless they are sure. And for that amount of time to have passed since like, I believe that was something, but I also have strong beliefs on the polar regions and, um, what is underground and under the ocean, because a lot of the stuff we see in the air, like with these lights, I believe that's man-made aircraft, like these advanced ships that I, that I believe would actually be considered alien they don't need led lights or or the halogen bulbs on them like the the technology is so far in advance their ability to manipulate gravity would allow them to have bases either underwater or uh, within the polar regions or inside of mountainous caverns and those are the places that that humans can't go very easily those are the places that i plant as you would say plant my flag in and say that's what i believe is ufo but most of the stuff we see or that's what i'd say is alien but most of the stuff we see i think is just man-made ufos fair dinkum what what do you think uh the aliens are well i'm a big believer in the multiverse okay so that being said, if you believe there's um, multiple dimensions and timelines happening within this timeline, then um, a creature or spirit that could travel between those, they wouldn't necessarily understand or no time or time would not affect, you know, any, any of their decisions or behavior because uh, that's not the realm that they live in. I would say, I would say that is the hundred, what I'm a hundred percent sure are aliens. Like there's no doubt in my mind that the spirits that cross over, call them whatever you want to, because there's a lot of different words for the, the energy creatures. Um, but I believe those are a hundred percent real. I 
also think that if this isn't a simulation of some kind, then the aliens that there have been aliens that advanced our civilization, our DNA, our evolution, and those would be the ones that maybe the Anunnaki, maybe those were the the ones that I would say are real because there's been such an evolutionary change in our DNA that can't be explained. There's a missing link. And I, you know, for lack of a better way to put it, it's Oxum's razor. You know, what is the most obvious thing? Our DNA has been manipulated by someone who either developed us or with a greater understanding of where we came from because it feels like we we weren't the ones that the first ones on this planet (laughs) that our species was either mirrored after another species or created to just be worker bees. Cause that's kind of what we are. We're worker bees. We take things, we make them better. We do like, that's what all our human, that's what we're engineered to, to do. And I think that comes from whatever you may call as the creator or the host or the divine intervention, whatever, however one chooses to refer to it. Yeah. Like Sitchin's work with the 12th planet and all that, with the Anunnaki yeah. coming here and yeah, and yeah, honey, yeah. yeah. sure, sure. So, yeah, that, that to me, I say, that's what I always go back to as the thing that I believe changed human evolution and got me to where I am mentally and I think so many others. What the government does, though, uh, I wish I wish I had a better understanding because our government not only hides a tremendous amount, it's been proven time and time again what they are willing to do to the general public in order to advance whatever their goal is. And that's something that I think crosses over a lot and people confuse that with aliens when it's actually our government. It might all be the same damn thing, you know, maybe even leaning towards like a simulation type of an argument to where on a macro scale, the unity consciousness idea says that we're all one. We're all one, meaning the lizard people, Hitler, everything. It's all one. And so at a level, what you experience is this, you know, um, dense energies is kind of how it's referred to or dark, you know, energies because this dualistic shit. Uh, then it actually pushes you so far and as a tool of its own spiritual awakening. So it's it's kind of a, a mechanism or an artifact of the construct and uh, is how I've been viewing it. That's lately. interesting. Yeah, so it's really, there is no there. There is no out there. You should check out, I'll send you uh, the movie The Egg. I talk about this all the time. Uh, yeah. it's called, have you seen it? I, I, I know it, yeah. I've been yeah, it's like a seven while, minutes. yeah. Yeah, and so that idea right there. And it's it's really interesting because then you see, like, uh, as it's related to, like, everything that happened a couple years ago or whatever, uh, that the shutdown and lockdowns and stuff were, like, instituting shadow work. It was like, okay, we're too comfortable with Real Housewives of whatever, and, you know, we're not getting our shit together, but this, this whole time period is coming because astrologically there's a lot of interesting things going on here. And whether you believe in astrology or not, uh, all presidents have had astrologers and billionaires use astrologers, not millionaires. So there's something to it. But astrologically, there's shit going on. So 
it was almost like we were hitting the snooze button on Ascension, you know, as a society, as a people. And all of a sudden, the other part of us was like, oh, shit, we're going to be late and uh, lockdowns and all the shit. Uh, there's actually a fascinating theory that I would love to go over with you about that I heard the other night in a UFO live that we did with a guy named Peter Whitley. Uh, he's the director of MUFON for Japan. He lives in Japan. He's a real cool guy. And he yeah. like, just astral travels to UFOs anytime he wants. Something he talked about, man. Uh Okay, and you know this. I mean, in '47, did the where did the UFO crash? What's the story about Roswell that you know? Um, it it, it crashed well, right outside of um, Groom Lake, right there, right? Uh, New Mexico. Okay, that was the the Roswell in, uh, incident. That, in 47. but that wasn't okay. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, r- r- no, you're tell okay. me what it's you're. Fine. A lot of people think that it crashed in uh, Roswell, New Mexico, which is why they call but it, it. They brought it to Roswell, but it crashed and didn't. Yeah, refresh my memory. You're Where good, man. You're good. No, this is so hard to remember. You're fine. Uh, Corona. So it crashed in okay. Corona, New Mexico. And then the only reason they say Roswell is because that was the closest place with the sheriff station. And then from there, it was flown to Fort Worth, Texas, represent. And then it was flown to Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. So, okay, okay. But what's interesting about it is Peter's theory about this is, is that we've been under alien control this whole time. And that this is actually more, it, it leans more to the prison planet idea, which as a, a chronic optimist, I'm not a huge fan of. Plus the unity consciousness thing either rules this yeah. out at a level or... It's fine, and it's part of it, just just an artifact of it. But uh, he thinks, and it's so fascinating, man, because if you think about it, since 47, you know, we detonated the bomb in 45, allegedly the yeah. first atomic bomb. And yeah. then 47 rolls around, and we get this thing that fell from the sky. Now, rather, it was planted on purpose is a very interesting theory as well. I've always wondered about UFO crashes, like why they happen. Like, what's up with that? If they're interdimensional beings that can go crazy, they just fall on this rock, you know what I mean? So uh, me and a few others kind of have the idea that it's seeded here. It's on purpose. It's like a panspermia type of a deal. But anyway, uh, so it crashes in Corona. So if we've been under control this whole time, there's a new UFO flap coming along. The coronavirus could be the marker for that. That could be like an indicator that that's what's going on. You know what I mean? And this predictive programming and control and all of that has been guiding to this point. Because I have so much speculative curiosity about why. Well, that's UFOs. a fascinating theory. Isn't it crazy? Yeah, it's just fun. You would love Peter. He's cool as shit. Uh, and it's it's an interesting thing because then it's, yeah, it's back to that prison planet idea. And then your mind just goes crazy. Then you start to look at things like the flat earth and like this globe model or this dome thing. You're like, well, if that's true at scale, we could be some sort of like farm on a spaceship and we're just a resource for these entities that we're just like little guppies, you know, in a, in a pond, but they make the pond very nice for us because they want us to be healthy because we taste better. And they just kind of scoop our asses up whenever we want. Look at how many people go missing every year. Uh, and it's insane. It's a crazy, like it's a mind bending thought, to be honest with you. Okay. You touch on a bunch of things. No, I have no, no, no. Okay. First off, let's go before we get too far away from it. The astro traveling. Okay. Have you ever done any of the CE5 work? Have you ever? I have it. So I'm not an experiencer. Now I have my own theory on that, but I'm not an experiencer. No, sir. Okay. Now, what is your theory on that? I think I'm not meant to be. I think I'm meant to see this objectively because I don't have a bias. And I think if I got scooped up by Grays and it was very specific, like what, you know, Travis Walton experienced or something, I it might skew my uh, 
my influence on how I view this thing. So right now it's just so open. I'm a possibility, as Dr. David Eagleman says. I'm so open with it. And I'm fine if that changes moment to moment to moment. I can choose to view it in one way and it can be totally solid and possible in my mind and then change it the next. And I'm totally Man, cool I, I'm going to have to take a little bit of that for myself because sometimes when people ask me where, no, where I stand and I, you know, I'm maybe not an experiencer myself either, you know, in that, like I, you know, I've had to see five app. I've had a few uh, opportunities to go, but whatever the universe doesn't, it doesn't seem right in the moments or whatever. And so maybe I am meant to be a little more objective and open. And I think that's a very interesting way to put it because some of the people who do experience, they just want it so bad. Yeah. And, you and know, vice versa. And I feel, people yeah, that want it so or, bad yeah. will never get experienced because they want it so bad. That goes to manifestation yeah. shit. It's that longing. It's that desperate girlfriend or boyfriend thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're, just icky. They're like, ew, you know, it's gross. You're so desperate. You know, get over yourself. Yeah. So that's why I, I think it's very, I think that's a very interesting point because I, um, when it comes to experiences, I think it's very, some of the stories are just too similar. And some of them, I just feel like, it's a manifestation within one's mind because they just want it so bad, you know? Now, the, this is this is next conversation shit, but we will have that conversation. Abso-fucking-lutely, because it's going to melt your face for sure. Now, uh, what, what's... Oh God, it, I love film face melters. Oh, I yeah. love them. Yeah, it's insane. I'll have... Uh, it's. I'm telling you, we've got a lot to talk about, my friend. So, um, <laughs> what was I going to say? Oh, it's kind of like when... Uh, fuck, it was right there, and now I lost it because it's just so cool. Yeah, because it's on. I get I get you talking about face melting stuff, bro. <laughs> I, oh yeah, that's that's this. That's that's what this is all about, man. So you're you're definitely in good company here. Oh, uh, let me be very clear on that. I don't remember if I've been abducted or not because at some level, if this is a prison planet type of an idea, then uh, yeah. you we probably have all been abducted, altered. We could all be. You know, this could be like Westworld to where we're just some sort of technology. And those things that we see flying around that we catch glimpses of and remember a little bit are just uh, techs down here to fix. What are your thoughts about uh, those energy beings that I speak of that I say I'm so sure about? What do you think? I'm first of all, not so sure of anything. And so I would say (laughs) I would say I would say no, 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 it's good because what it means is, is that you just have an affinity based on uh, your paradigm, just where you're at with it. And this is the question, really. It's not what do you think UFOs are? It's where are you at in your research? That's why I phrase it that way, Uh, because it's very important that, you know, it elevates, but you leave it open to elevate. So I would say uh, to the the energy. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I wish more people thought that way. Thank you. Go We're ahead. working on it. One show at a time, you know? This thing goes out for free. <laughs> so you tell your friends. That's the only thing I, I ever ask. Just share No, I'll do a bunch of great posts about this. This is awesome. <laughs> Fair dinkum. So, uh, but it, 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 the energy being part of it, I mean, what's really cool here, and and I, I think about this a lot. So let's say that I, there's a variety of experiences here in which you can learn your lesson. So we all know that usually we can all think of a time where there was a lesson that we just could not fucking learn. And it kept presenting itself in the same way at first, because that was probably the best way to learn it. And then horrible ways. And then things got worse. And then you finally learn it. But hindsight, you look back and you go, hang on, I had all those opportunities to get my shit together, but I didn't. And so it, there's a variety of ways that this life can present itself to you. Now, I believe in being very open to be surprised by the universe. I think that, you know, if you try and script it out or plan it too much, it's just, it's not as fun, man. You know, the universe plays as, as I see it. It's, it's a jokester. It's a trickster. You know, God's like a trickster 
or whatever whatever's going on. It <laughs> wants to surprise you. It gets joy out of you being elated. And so uh, that once you're kind of past this perceptive part of it, uh, then you receive energy. You start to see it that way. So to, to energy being part of it, it could just express itself in that way because that's the way that this particular individual uh, needed to be addressed and needed to be introduced to this topic. I have this theory about missing time, like the whole Bud Hopkins, like missing time thing. Like, I think it's left there on purpose because if people, if they can make you pretend, like think that they're an owl, but really in hypnotic regression, it was a goddamn alien. Then they don't have to let you know that you had missing time. I think that they leave it on purpose as again, an avenue of discovery. It's, it's a beacon for that particular person in the learning style based on their paradigm. This is why some people refer to them as angels and demons. That's based on their paradigm. I think like, like you, when you said the paranormal and aliens and it's all the same, same thing. There's a tapestry. I believe it's all tied in. Or I have the idea that it's all one thing tied in together. And even bigger than that, the next conversation we're going to have is that it's all you. You're everything. So it's all you. Pretty dope. So when you get abducted, they yeah, take you inside yourself. Sure. I, and I believe it's all you. Okay. So then, so then how deep does the you get? Meaning, That's like, when you die, no such what? thing. When this okay, is over? so when when this when your meat basket, you know, when this meat bag decides, you know, when your consciousness decides to leave this vessel, what what do you think is the next progression? I think that it's just possibilities after that. I think that you, I think this place in general is just kind of like that uh, Rick and Morty. Uh, they went to the arcade and they played that game like John or something like that. I forget the name of it. Again, people are screaming this at me. But anyway, it's a simulation where they simulate a human life, but like a very uh, average human life. And But it's so real that when Morty unplugs from the game, he's screaming like, where's my wife? What's going on? Because it's so real. Now, there's a guy named Daryl Anka who channels a guy named Bashar, an entity named Bashar. Are you familiar with him? No. Okay, he sits there like God, this. You, you so very cool. rarely am I, am I, do people bring things up to me where I'm like, I don't know this. This is, this is an amazing conversation. Is a I'm place so to happy this we're is, talking. This is how this works. It's a safe place to create, dude. I love this as well. I'm happy we're talking as well, dude. This is great. So, Daryl Anka uh, channels an entity named Bashar, and he's been doing this since like, the 80s or something like that it's he's so cool though it's a it's fascinating anyway uh but one thing that he says is uh he answered somebody by saying you know you never leave heaven but you dream that you do that uh kind of said it for me you know because think about this what if this life that you live here in between your sleep state is a dream for something going on in another universe. And while you're dreaming, you're conscious in that one. And even that can change and be varietyed. Maybe your break from like being dope as shit out there is to come into this experience. And maybe it's something you pay for, like a spa weekend. Because over there, time works different or things work different. So your perception of this experience is different. And you're just here to like learn, grow, experience, touch, taste, smell, see, and hear everything you can before you go. I don't think that there's a bad place to go after this, if that's what you're asking. How do you define consciousness? Uh, the underlining fabric that gives breath to everything, probably. Uh, and it's found in everything, absolutely everything. It's the structure of this place is consciousness itself. And then I would define, you know, I, I would say then what's the point of this experience in relation, like what's consciousness's relationship to this experience? It would be that it has to know it. Uh, when I was young and I'm super stubborn, I still do this shit uh, to a more mature level. But my mom would say, don't touch that. It's hot. 
Okay. So as a creator, God, you're like, yeah, I'm everything. I know everything. I could create a fucking zebra like that. No big deal. But you don't. You just think that you can or you know that it's possible. So by someone saying, hey, that's hot, and you just believe them offhand, okay, that's fine. But I had to touch it. I had to find out what hot was. And I think that's the spark of the creator. It's curiosity. I think that that is why we're all here. It wanted to experience itself subjectively. So it split itself into individuated little pieces to interact with itself. This is why at the end of the show, the last words I speak are, y'all be good to one another because of this shit right here because we're all one like it's you don't have to take this place so seriously there's there's a construct here that demands that you give it energy um but you you can participate in it if you'd like you know this is tend your own garden that's beauty yeah that's really that's fascinating Ah, it's fun we just have a good time with the idea so this is a great like fucking awesome conversation man i had you know i had some shit written down and i want to talk to you about the movie and i think we did a great job on that but this this is what i like about this this is why i said like let the universe surprise you because even the listeners are feeling this energetically i can feel it i'm sure you can and i know they can because they write me in and tell me that shit uh and it just gives me chills every time uh it's this is awesome like this is just a cool ass conversation so let me ask you um is disclosure important uh, I think it's probably more dangerous and important uh, because, um, the government doesn't just, they're not, <laughs> they don't just tell the truth. Let's get that <laughs> clear. So whatever gets the disclosed is, um, why well, the government, I believe they think they're playing like 4d chess, if that makes any sense. Like they're playing all the levels and seeing all the board. So if there would be a moment where you would say it is full disclosure, it would never be full disclosure. It would be simply a ploy in order to advance another deeper rooted position to hide other things. Because the whole thing about um, information and, and um, the, inform- the intelligence community, it's like a circle. Mm. there's only a few people in that circle and the more people that get in the circle, the people that were already in there lose a little bit of power. And if there's one thing I can tell you for sure that the people within the government are not into losing power. So that's why full disclosure would simply, I believe just be a shift of the circle. Uh, Do you think that it'll, it'll happen? Um, I think it would more likely be a false flag type of alien thing than a real full. Yeah. than a real full disclosure. But, you know, I don't like to say those things because I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. I hope I'm wrong. Like I'm not trying to put it out there to make it happen. I just see the way things are going and I know how things are like, and I know how things work. What's, what's that saying? That's what ascension is. It's not when you see the world as you want. It's as you see it as it is. Yeah. 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 hundred percent. And that's why I think full disclosure would be a, uh, a scary thing. Like, I don't think you could believe what you were told. I think it would be for all agenda based information. And that to me is super scary, especially when the fear mongering starts because once the like like we've experienced in the last two years, when the fear mongering starts, when that machine starts rolling and turning, it gets real hard to stop, man. It's like people they they 
you know, they want to be afraid sometimes and a full disclosure type of event would probably instill so much fear. And then I couldn't imagine what it would do to the religious folks, Read my mind. like the ultra religious Plus, like the people who are, you know, borderline, like, what do I what do I have to live for? What am I doing? Like, I don't know what it would do. Like some of those people would start worshiping aliens and at what cost. And they would say the aliens are talking to them. And you don't know, like, like I say, I would love the truth, but I don't ever think that's going to happen because that's not how information is discerned out of our government. Fair. Or disseminated, excuse me, out of our government. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I completely agree with you. This is the whole narrative of Project Bluebeam. And this could be that, uh, you know, after the Great Reset, you know, if that happens, I don't know. I think they're attempting to manifest that, but I think we're the ones with the power. They just influence and they can't do shit. Yeah. Uh, they just convince us that that's what we should be doing. They're the ones that whisper in your ear, right? Um, but anyway, uh, it it seems that it's, it is. It's it's just batshit crazy. And anything that they do with it is going to be, in my mind as well, I'm 100% there with you. That's why I asked the question that way. Not uh, what do you think about disclosure? Just is disclosure important to you? This is uh, where I find out, kind of like when you ask people about freedom. Like, you know, people are like, oh, I love freedom. And you say, okay, what's your stance on uh, seatbelt laws? Yeah, no, you got to have seatbelt, man. Ah, very good. Then we are on a different level of what freedom means to me. You know what I mean? So uh, it it's just interesting, dude. And I find the whole thing, especially with guys like you out there doing the research, running around, uh, making films that are very approachable from multiple angles, which is really cool. And you being a Thank comedian, you. you're grounding things in a way uh, that are that are really interesting, man. And I, I appreciate what you're doing for the movement, to be honest with you. Uh, we need, Thank we need you. More I, I, when you. I started this movie, I just wanted to hear that from somebody who mattered within this community. And to me, like, that's why I did it. That's why you, why I did it. I don't know how I got the idea. It might've been a download from the ether. You know what I'm saying? Like it was just one day I, it was clear in my mind, like the film that I had to make and how I had to do it. And I don't believe there's 10 people on the planet that could have pulled it off. But when I started it, I asked myself, why am I doing it? And I wanted to create that piece of art that was not only approachable, but people like you, could talk to me in a way that like you are because I, I look, I've given my life to some of this thought process and some of this study. And, and I knew the only way I was going to advance my position and start to meet uh, people who are like you smarter than me and more um, much more schooled on the topics and, and extremely articulate about it. That's the only way I was going to get to that, that next rung and be able to try to challenge my thought. And for you to say that to me, God, I, I'm going to, that's cloud nine. Like that's what I did it for. And like, you are, you are just as much as I may have never met you before, but with your connections within this, like you at some time would have influenced me. Like I would have come across without ever meeting. I would have come across your podcast, some of your work, some of your speakings. Like I, I would have, and that's to get that from someone like you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. What I'll oh, give you, I'm going to give you a role in my next movie, no matter what it is. I promise. I'm there. <laughs> like, maybe, 
I you may just so be able to pass or vibe, but you're in. I don't care. You are in. I'm there. I'm there. I can help with production, too. I'm pretty good at it. So, Oh, yeah, man. Uh, you know, uh, but what was interesting about it and why I like it is because you had the chance, you know, to really shit on this community. And you chose oh, yeah. not to. You really did. There are some representatives out here or some participants, let's say, uh, in it that are uh, adorable, wonderful, loving people. They are very passionate and they are very certain about what they know. And that's awesome. We need that passion and positive energy being pumped into this particular system as much of it as we can get from any angle. Right. But what you did with it was you you heard people out. You experienced something that's not your norm. And even in your nervous energy element of being out there again, you could have shit on it or you could have edited to shit on it. But your comfort with the people you were speaking to, your respect for what they had to say, especially the abductees really really uh rang to me man you could you could sense it was genuine so yeah that's why i say what i say i could tell yeah thank you um mm -hmm. and some of the people that brian and jed two of the producers that were there um they weren't sure how i was going to handle it like a part of them thought i was making borat or i was going to make fun of them and i had to clearly like in the moment let them know like just stay in your lane like i got just help me get the story complete. You know, like I'm not, look, I have run into plenty of people that probably could have used a little um, shitting on, you know, just to like get their self right. But I'm not into that. You know, like I, I believe there's a better way. I always believe there's a better way, whether I'm able to tap into that and do that all the time. I, it's up to other, but I believe that, um, this community has a lot of parallels with the religious communities as we were talking about before. And, and I think, um, you know, just having open arms to all those people, because I get like people want to pray to a God. They don't want to think that their life is just this. Like they want to believe in something more. And who am I to tell them they're wrong or not to, I'm no one. I simply want to understand why. And maybe I can get to a a place where you're at, you know, but I have to listen in order to do that. I got to listen and really care. Well, you're asking the right questions and you do give a shit and you aren't no one, by the way, I'm going to just go ahead and uh, knock that uh, neuro linguistic programming right out of your consciousness. You're not no one. Uh, you're just someone who is interested in the topic and you're res uh, approaching it respectfully. And so that's Thank the you. way to go about it. Absolutely. <laughs> There's some people that come in and just start kicking tables over and they're like, you know, it's Jesus. And we're like, oh, OK, it, it's just an, <laughs> I mean, it's and that's fine. Like, right. Because to, uh, to respect everyone at their own level of consciousness is part of consciousness. So you you have to you know i mean you don't have to do anything but it's encouraged of you if your goal is like mine to approach every situation to be a greater grander version of yourself then that is something to be mindful oh and where where are you located uh texas the best country texas. in the world yep yeah, sure sure <laughs> north south texas what uh, north so uh fort worth dallas uh if you go west about 45 minutes my wife and i own a 12 acre piece of property out here with like a pond and animals and all kinds of shit. oh it's, my god dude, it's insane oh, that's get your ass beautiful. out to texas yeah i've been here forever by the way i was born and raised uh so i'm not a transplant but you get your you get your ass out out here to texas you got oh yes 100 percent. i yes that sounds great now you're speaking my language oh okay. that's cool well, if we spoke any better, we'd be twins. So, Brian Moreno, <laughs> we are going to cap you're, it on this you're one. You're my guy. Yeah, my guy. And for anyone who is listening to this, um, 
I'm going to send you uh, a couple shirts. You can get me a mailing address. I'm going to yeah. send you some Dreamland shirts and merch uh, so that you can give out to your people. But anyone who's listening to this, I um, I appreciate your audience so much. And I want to say thank you because this is this is half the reason. <laughs> like I did it because I had to, but half the reason was because I wanted people like you to be happy and proud that like, some of these UFO moves, like they're not, they're not all so stuffy and they're not one thing or another. It's a lot of different things put together. And I wanted the community to see, thank you. Like I'm going to send you the shirts and I want your listeners and viewers to know how appreciative I am of them because I would not have done it without all of you. I wouldn't have. Absolutely deal. And we'll work out a way to give those away. That'll be a lot of fun, dude. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, man. Totally. Like I that's for you. However you want to get them out oh, into gonna, the world. I'm, I'm definitely I'm gonna hang on to one. And uh, I'll get your address too. I'll send you one of mine too. Uh, oh okay. yeah, man. Absolutely. Brian Moreno, we're gonna have to do this again, but dude, we we have so much more to talk about. But on this one, we're gonna yeah. I, I don't feel like the- you even really asked me any of the questions you had prepared. You did so, great. I never so have. If- I have a few things prepared, but I go with the flow. You know, one of the best pieces of advice I give podcasters or people who do this kind of thing is get the fuck out of your own way. You, I get into this flow state, man, and it's honestly it's this back and forth and it's a compound of energy. And I don't, again, just like expectations, I don't have them. I know about your film. I know about you. I looked you up. I knew we were going to get along, but I, I had a couple of questions for you, but yeah. And we, we went over them, but, but the flow of the conversation is far greater, exponentially greater than me trying to hold to some rigid question, answer, question, answer, bullshit. This okay, is well, the best none of my answers had. will ever be rigid, but I was going to say, if you wanted to, if you actually had some, follow-up questions that you wanted to pick my brain with i'd be more than happy to like in a few weeks give you like a follow-up 30 minutes that's a little more in line I, with I the, the movie uh, we'll, or <laughs> i'll I tell you what what we'll do is we're starting to do these live uh things on rockfin on saturday nights and they're also kind of streamed to the website it'll probably be about 6 p.m your time we usually do them 8 central i'll invite yeah, you man. a couple of those do come hang out with some of my friends they're all podcasters people in the industry people that love this absolutely shit. all right we'll, 100%. Do that. We'll, we'll set that up for sure and I'll book you back on here and we'll have a couple of the cast members come by and hang out as well. Dude, my man. And, I'm, and I will, I will make you laugh one day. And any of your audience Dude, you members, anyone in Los Angeles, they ever want some free tickets to comedy. You find them Moreno, the alien online, super easy. I'll always give you free tickets anytime I can. Well, that's badass. We'll come out here and we'll do a live show and you can do it in front of the goats and shit and we'll record it. You oh can do my stand-up. God, I can make goats laugh every time. Well, you can do it and we'll record it and put it out as like a special, <laughs> but we'll have the goats walking around. You'll be like, hey. Uh, that, that's actually, that would be a great first special for me. I think you and I have a lot uh, to talk about, but for this one, we're going to cap it. Brian Moreno, all the ways guys to find him Thank will be you. linked Tell your in the wife show I notes. said she's a Hang on, let me wrap woman. this up. Wait, wait, wait. All right, uh, linked in the show notes. Check it out. Wait for the trailer after this on the video guys audio only audience check the show notes for the link uh, to the website go over there and check out this thing uh, all the ways again find him down there check out the movie when are you releasing this thing well it depends uh, it depends like I'm doing the festival run right now I've had a few offers by distributors but I just have to make sure it doesn't get buried with like other movies so uh, the distributor who buys it like I need marketing assurances and I need assurances on where it's going to go because it's like it's too I think it's too important of a movie to just like get packaged in some deal that gets buried on one of the streamers or something you know I agree 
then we have even more to talk about. Okay. <clears throat> All right, guys. Uh, we'll see you next time. Brian, thanks again, dude. Thank you so much. You're beautiful. Thank you, sir. Massive thanks to Brian Moreno for coming over and hanging out with us for a little bit. His film and all the ways to find him, guys, linked down in the show notes. So check him out if you'd like to connect. Definitely worth it. He is an awesome guy. So uh, down there as well is going to be our affiliate link. So Food Forced Abundance, get your freedom from fear on. If you want to start your own podcast, do it through Lips, and That's who I use, so that's who I recommend. There's also a link down there that gives you two months free. Also, uh, if you're going to buy any goddamn thing at all on Amazon, go ahead and run it through our link. It helps the show. Uh, people say that they give it to their mom and she just, you know, orders shit off Amazon all the time. And so that's wonderful. Like, that's a wonderful way to do this. Uh, if you don't personally do it, go ahead and give it to your Mima or something like that. And she'll uh, run it through there for all your Christmas gifts and stuff. And it helps the show. It's just a really cool thing to do. So also, if you'd like to expand your experience with us here on the show, you can do so at expandingrealitypodcast.com, linked in the show notes as well. That is where you can connect with this and find ways to get to all the socials, all of the uh, merchandise is located there. Also, extra stuff like our Too Hot for YouTube, the lives are replayed there from the live uh, panel shows that we do, and uh, just a really cool community to connect with, so check that out. All right, guys, go out into this incredibly mysterious, beautiful place, whatever the hell it is, and y'all just pick up a piece of litter. I buy somebody in line around you a coffee or a meal, something super small, but it makes a massive, massive ripple effect in the collective, and that's amazing. Hold doors open, guys. Be nice. Smile. It doesn't take a lot of shit. Actually, nothing at all. Just your energy. Say hi. You know, be nice to somebody. You'd be amazed at how just that uh, goes a long, long, long way. Like, don't be a douchebag. To a server that's having a tough day. You know, just something like that. It's, it's not hard. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. Just nice to be reminded every now and then. Also, while you're out there, get the fuck out of the left-hand lane. That is annoying as shit if you got somebody behind you wanting to pass. And above all, and anything else, guys, go out into this incredibly beautifully mysterious place, whatever the hell it is, and y'all just be a good to one another. Thank y'all so much for listening. We will see you next time. <laughs>